0: Welcome to the author's show of entrepreneurship and regional development podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guest today is Stefan Kosgaard, he is from the Department of Entrepreneurship and Relationship Management at the University of Southern Denmark. He is actually with us because he published an article entitled It's right nearby how entrepreneurs use special bricolage to overcome resource constraints he has two co-authors Sabine Müller and Frederike Welter this article has been published in the volume 33 issue 1 and 2 of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development Stefan welcome to our podcast
1: thank you very much
0: as a starter, can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer with your paper?
1: The, the history of the paper goes uh, back almost 10 years, I would say. Um, I started working on the topic of rural entrepreneurs, um, I don't know, a decade ago, maybe, Um Specifically, because I was interested in this issue of 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 mobilising resources, um, and I felt that um, looking into peripheral and rural contexts was 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 a was a really valuable thing to do because, uh, kind of like you would expect, resources to be a little bit more scarce in these areas, so you would expect entrepreneurs to be working a little bit harder on this on on this uh, on this challenge, and. Uh, Sabine started working as a PhD student in my department. Uh, I I was not uh, her supervisor in the beginning, but she started working on a similar topic. And we talked a lot while she was doing her PhD project about this. And this particular paper builds on on data that Sabina collected as part of her PhD. And very early in those conversations, this notion of bricolage came up as something that we were seeing in the data. I had seen it in, in my data, and she was definitely seeing it in her data. And it was a kind of bricolage that we felt was was a little bit different from what uh, we saw in, in some of the other literature coming out on bricolage at, the mo- at that point in time. So it, was, it wasn't really about um, access and ownership in a traditional sense. And it wasn't really about access through the networks, as we would see in some of the social bricolage work. It was more about um, the geographical spatial embeddedness of these entrepreneurs and just being in these rural settings somehow gave them access that was, of course, related to their positions in the local networks. But it was not a. It it wasn't about the trust and the str- the strong and the weak ties and and that whole thing. It was about kind of a a mix of the social and the spatial that we felt was really really interesting, and where instead of looking into the sort of the the network literature, for instance, um, we we found that what we were seeing resonated much more with 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 a human geography perspective of place and space and and those kind of things about um, these rural areas as meaningful places, being a meaningful place and being an entrepreneur in, in these meaningful places, being strongly embedded here, allowed them to perform a kind of bricolage that we felt was, was better described as spatial bricolage uh, than you know, regular bricolage or social bricolage. So that, that's kind of where the story began. And then, you know, this, it's like it always is. It takes so much time to, to get from the initial idea to, to, the, to the final paper. And of course, it went through, you know, rejections and iterations and reviews and what have you. But the core idea, I think, was there all along that there was this, we were seeing this kind of bricolage that, that we felt was not really adequately described or fully described by the existing vocabulary of bricolage. So that's the, that's the story. Yes, you
0: you bring a geographical dimension, context within the and showing practices and questioning at the same time the theoretical framework, which is like mm, yeah, this. These activities people do, the way the resource is not not uh, not fitting the actual uh, contributions. And
1: yeah, one of the things that happened uh, relatively late in the uh, in the development of the paper was um, actually one of the reviewers from ERD asking us to position our notion of spatial bricolage against uh, some of the other kind of sub forms of bricolage like institutional bricolage social bricolage ideational bricolage and that was that was a really interesting uh, exercise for us um, that was a, that was a very very good reviewer comment because that kind of forced us to think about this whole notion of bricolage again a little bit deeper maybe and thinking about this almost like a, a a metaphor of of resources being at hand so at hand is kind of like a physical metaphor but if you look at the research it it's it's not so much about the physical dimension of at hand it's more like a a socialized or 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 sometimes cultural aspect. So diving a little bit deeper into that was was really inspiring for us and and it kind of brought out how complex this, this dynamic of resource mobilization is for entrepreneurs. And I think not just for rural entrepreneurs, for all entrepreneurs. Um, of course, our analysis is, is influenced heavily by the fact that we're looking at rural entrepreneurs. And that means that our analysis of the resource mobilization is sort of spatialized in the sense that, that it really matters that it's, it's, it's taking place in the rural setting. We're also trying to to kind of do like almost like a multi level analysis in the sense that we've got so we've got these 20 something entrepreneurs, uh, all doing various kinds of, of rural entrepreneurship, most of them using some form of spatial bricolage or some level of spatial bricolage, but they're positioned in three different regions. And so Sabine also collected some qualitative data on, you know, what, what's, what's the what's the atmosphere what's the culture like in these different regions and we saw that that the kind of a, the, the, the regional level um, culture uh, played a, a big role in, in how uh, how much and also how these um, practices of spatial bricolage were undertaken by the entrepreneurs. So that kind of also helped us a little bit. Um, explore this spatialized aspect of resource mobilization.
0: What are the main contribution of your paper?
1: I, w- I would say that we've got probably two main contributions. One is this notion of spatial bricolage. Um, there might be one or two papers uh, that have mentioned it before. I think we mentioned it in, in a 2015 paper as kind of a something that you might want to look into, which we then subsequently did. But I think we introduced this this concept of spatial bricolage, which is a, kind of like a, a small contribution perhaps to to the overall uh, exploration of, of, of bricolage and also of course of, of the relationship between the spatial context and, and entrepreneurs. So that, that would that would be the sort of the primary contribution. Um, whether that's uh, valuable and useful uh, or not, I, g- I guess, remains to be seen. <laughs> um, but I think that was the core contribution. And then we've, we got a lot of um, comments and, and suggestions from reviewers of various kinds to try to look a little bit deeper into this and also see, okay, what, what are the patterns of variation in, in the extent to which entrepreneurs adopt this spatial bricolage. And that pushed us a little bit further, and we started looking into uh, some, what we call situational uh, and dispositional uh, antecedents of using spatial bricolage. We are inspired by a paper by Clough and some colleagues. And basically we're trying to say that there are individual dispositional um, factors that will influence whether an entrepreneur adopts spatial bricolage as a resource mobilization strategy. And there are also some situational or contextual factors. And of course, there's no, there's no way we can kind of uncover all of the factors, but we do point to a couple of things that are kind of examples of, of, of the dispositional and situational factors. And they both have to do with this um, rural road of conduct. Uh, sorry, rural, rural code of conduct, conduct, which is it has to do with, with the culture of this of, of these meaningful places. Um, so we were seeing in, in in especially in one of the regions that this code of conduct, you know, this this is how we do things in our area was was very strong. And of course, this code of conduct had to do with collaboration, uh, a kind of a community orientation you know, helping each other out uh, was very strong and much more pronounced in in one of the regions. And then we also had one region where we didn't see it so much. And there are various explanations to that. But so in the region that had a very strong code of conduct around being a rural uh, place, we saw a lot more spatial bricolage and we saw, you know, references being made to this culture, if you will. Or this place meaning, if you will, when when the entrepreneurs were talking about how they mobilized resources, whereas in in the region where it was much less pronounced or the culture was a little bit weaker around this, we saw less spe- space of bricolage. So that's kind of the situational um, antecedent that we that we found, and of course there are many others, but that's you know that's just the one that we found in our data, and then at the um, dispositional individual level we saw entrepreneurs kind of being very different in their likelihood of opting into this rural lifestyle that was also uh, associated with this um, and of course you know in 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 reality those two are, are are very strongly connected in the sense that if if you want to if if you're an individual that want to opt into this rural lifestyle you will probably look for a place to live and do your business that has a strong rural culture or has a strong communal uh, orientation. So, so of course they're interlinked. But we could we could kind of in the data ferret out these you know what what has to do with the regional level uh, situational things and what what was more about. The individual preferences and dispositions, and then of course we also compare spatial bricolage with with some of the other forms of bricolage. And we have a short discussion on on what that means for bricolage. But I don't know, calling that a contribution might be a bit of a stretch. But but it was fun to do, definitely.
0: What was for you the main theoretical or methodological challenge in addressing such a question?
1: So one of the one of the wonderful things about ERD is that. By having a, a journal that emphasizes entrepreneurship and regional development, it's already been kind of established that the regional aspects matter, right? So, that's that's kind of like pre-legitimized, but as we were working with the paper, we were getting some pushback every now and then on the fact that, that we only had data from the um, from rural entrepreneurs. So we couldn't really compare with urban entrepreneurs. So that, of course, was was a limitation that we were struggling with a little bit. I would say, and of course, I'm not trying to uh, criticize my own paper here, but if we had known in advance what we would end up focusing on, I think we might have um, collected um, maybe a little bit more data from a relatively smaller number of cases because I think as we were looking into the the dispositional and the situational factors in some of the cases the data was a little bit thinner than than we would have ideally liked I would say that that probably is more of an invitation to ourselves and, and others to do more research on those you know situational and dispositional factors and and of course there's a whole like, like there's a Huge literature in 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 uh, in economic geography and human geography that has already looked into these things. So, you know, there's there's lots of work that has been done already. But for our study, I would say the data for developing the concept of spatial bricolage was quite strong. But as we were looking into the individual dispositional factors, it was growing a little bit thin. I would say, I think methodologically we're you know we're okay, but ideally we would have had a little bit more data. And then, maybe a little bit fewer cases, but you know that's 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 the way things go
0: for the next papers during your journey, yeah. your research journey what was your, the biggest surprise or maybe the most counterintuitive result you uh, you faced?
1: That's a really good question i mean this isn't you know I think this is a you know I'm proud of this paper i think it's it's a good paper, but I would say it's it wasn't really surprising uh what we were finding i mean we knew we kind of knew many of the things already from a lot of research into rural entrepreneurs. Um, and a lot of the themes that we kind of uncover, you can see, you know, if, if, if you go back to even as far back as as Alistair Anderson's 2000 paper, uh, Paradox in the Periphery, you will see kind of the themes that we're outlining, you will see them being introduced. Um, so I think counterintuitive
0: or just um, from, something from, which to has me, been a I surprise. Think looking
1: in, looking in to the different forms of bricolage was was very informative for me. And um, thinking about how bric- bricolage as a concept, and by thinking about the different metaphors of what at hand means, could be ideational, could be spatial, could be social, and so on. I think that was that was a real eye opener for me. I, I enjoyed that a lot, and and. And it kind of expanded the value of bricolage for me, but also, I think, means that we have to question and be critical about how we use this concept of bricolage. So I would say the pushback that we got from reviewer number two saying that there's nothing new here, uh, that was maybe the most surprising thing. Uh, ultimately, you know, reviewer number two was kind enough to to kind of um, accept the, the things we did in the paper to address that issue. But... Um, that bricolage can come out in so many different ways and and, and, and and how much it really matters for how we see entrepreneurial processes, whether we adopt an ideation or bricolage perspective or a social bricolage perspective or, you know, spatial bricolage. I think that for me was the biggest surprise. Okay. Counterintuitive, uh, no, maybe well, not if you think about it, but sometimes you have to think about it for things to be obvious.
0: No, but in any research a moment you are a bit of a surprise of something and it can be that the concept works that well in many sense and you can band it and tra- and uh, and it's always like uh, good to have also this surprise that some we have kind of good uh, conceptual framework that we can, Rely on and go further. It's all. It's, it's, it sounds for me kind of a good surprise, uh, bringing in going through uh, research. What are the main ex- implications of your work for entrepreneurs, managers, or practitioners in general?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think our paper is is I think is part of a long, long history of papers that emphasize the importance of space and place for entrepreneurs. So one of the policy implications that grow out of this literature is, and, and most policy makers are aware of this already, of course, but the importance of place and the importance of the, the, the resource spaces that are that are locally present really matters. Um, and I think that, that has already come through in, in, in some of the policy paradigms on rural development, like the new endogenous approach and so on. Um, but I'm still surprised sometimes by seeing something like the ecosystems concept being brought up with regards to rural uh, development and and the role of entrepreneurs in rural areas. Because if you look at where the notion of, of entrepreneurial ecosystems was kind of bought, born out of and the dimensions that are included in this, it does not resemble the reality of rural entrepreneurs. Even in Denmark, which is a relatively small country with, with short geographical distances and kind of a relatively relatively high level of of regional equality, uh, even though we're seeing an an increasing uh, regional inequality, and it is beginning to destabilize some of the institutions that we have, I think, a little bit. Um, But I would say I'm I'm surprised to see still how implicitly urbanized ways of, of thinking about uh, business development, thinking about development in general, thinking about the role of entrepreneurs in this, still adopts uh, urbanized notions such as the ecosystems concept, uh, measure th- performance in terms of new jobs created uh, in rural areas where it's really about survival more than anything else, uh, survival of, of, of firms and, and, and just keeping the jobs that are already there. Um, so I think this issue, this, this notion that places are very different and 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 these differences between places play a fundamental role in what entrepreneurs can do in terms of what entrepreneurs are needed for uh, what, what what role do they play in these role development patterns. I think is a topic that we still need to push uh, a lot. and a lot of yeah, just a lot of policy is, is not quite there yet, I would say. Um so I think that that's that's uh, that's that's an important implication of this. And I think showing that the link between the micro level of the entrepreneur and the regional level where we find this rural code of conduct and all the other like placial cultural issues, showing that connection and also how there's you know, there's there's influence but there's not determination is 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 an important lesson. I wish we had all the answers to what, you know, rural municipalities and, and rural regions could do uh, in terms of promoting entrepreneurship. I wish we had those answers, but we're not quite there yet. But I think showing this multi, the multi-level the multi dynamics could, could really help us uh, take the next step.
0: Okay, thanks, Stefan, for participating to our show. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-erd.com and on the main podcast platform.